0: podcast episode fifty-seven. I'm Anthony Lewis. I'm Glenn Bove. I'm Cody Kelly. Thanks for checking us out on Cinemageekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and Tumblr. As we uh, run down the week that was in movies and TV, uh, the uh, the first thing actually, I want to dip back in time at least a little bit uh, and go and go over to you, Cody, about the uh, what we talked about with uh, Star Wars last week. I know you must have been heartbroken you're a big star wars guy and uh this is the first time since you've been on the podcast that we've uh actively talked about episode seven as it's starting to make some some news now and um did you uh did you have any uh anything you wanted to, to discuss at least in uh in the news that came out last week about uh at least the idea about where maybe this movie is heading uh that the uh, the ideas from uh michael arndt that they'd scrapped and uh the ideas moving forward from uh, Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams.
1: Uh, I just think it's cool. I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit last week about maybe giving like um, Luke and Leia and Han a, kind of a send-off. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's good at least initially for this first movie to focus on those guys because it's going to get all of the old fans, and it's still gonna because it says Star Wars on the marquee, it's still gonna get all those new fans, too, that are waiting for something fresh. So I think it's good that they're going to have all the original... Ho- hopefully, at least, all the original cast in and give them like a, a big chunk of the story.
0: Yeah, it sounds like they're... Everybody's still treating it like they're rumored to be in the movie. But whenever people talk about the movie, uh, they basically talk about it like they're in the movie. Like, there really is no rumoring or negotiating like They're in the movie, like they're prepping the movie and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So my guess is they just have not made any formal announcements and they maybe want to wait for some big formal announcement. But um, I don't know. It's the it's the it's the conundrum that J.J. Abrams and company were in with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's con. Everybody kind of knew it was already going to be con before they before any news about it really came out. So I don't really know what the surprise is going to be. Like, if they're like, oh yeah, these people are in the movie, officially. And I think most people by that time are going to, have already assumed that they were in it, uh, just because, you know, that was the, it's been the talk for for months, essentially. I mean, I think George Lucas even confirmed that they were in the movie like five months ago or something like that. So they just haven't made an announcement. So I'm presuming that they are in. And uh,
1: Yeah. And I, go ahead. I don't see how they could do it in the first place without them at least in it for a little bit because otherwise it's just going to be like some huge explanation as to why they're not there Mm -hmm. And i think it would be a letdown especially
0: yeah since it's it seems pretty clear that they're basing it on the uh the solo skywalker family like the kids are going to be the the focus of the new movies so you're right it would be it would be easier to put them in even even for a little bit than to try to come up with whole, some whole explanation as to why. It's like they all died. <laughs> they were all on the same... They were in the Millennium Falcon and it crashed into an asteroid and it's... Yeah, it's terrible. You could start with their funeral. <laughs> and what a happy way to start it all off. No, oh, that and, would be so sad. <laughs> I think they're... I mean, how could you even do that? It's like all... The three... The, three, uh, the trifecta of the beloved characters from that original trilogy and you start with their deaths. Um, so yeah, I think it's just you know, I, I think they're in. We're just we're just um beating around the bush. They're definitely in that movie. That just there hasn't been a uh an official word. So um and also I want to clear up something. We talked about Michael Douglas being officially cast as Hank Pym for the Ant Man movie. And uh we talked about Variety's uh choice of titling their uh uh titling the uh their article, listing him as the villain of the movie and we were trying very hard, even though uh, Hank Pym, as we've discussed numerous times on this podcast, has a bit of a troubled past, uh, and is not exactly the the most clean cut of characters. Um, but to suggest that he, you know, Hank Pym was ever actually a villain, I think was stretching it some. Um, most other places I have seen talk about Michael Douglas in the movie do not mention him playing the villain. They just talk about him playing Hank Pym, uh, which sounds like you know that uh. Paul Rudd will end up being Scott Lang, correct? The other Ant-Man, the second Ant-Man, I believe. Probably, Um, yeah. And uh, Michael Douglas playing the older Hank Pym. I think that basically, as other people have talked about, frees up uh, them to actually paint Hank Pym as you know, kind of a you know, I don't know if he's gonna outright be beating up women in this movie, you guys, but. Um, I think that's going to definitely allow them to, to let Michael Douglas play it a little bit darker since he won't be the main hero of the film. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to clear that up from, uh, from last week. Did, did either of you guys see the, uh, that video that Aaron, it's kind of unrelated to, um, oh wait, who did we lose? Did we lose any of you?
1: I'm still
0: here. Everybody's still here. Glenn, are you still
2: here? Uh, I'm back. I don't know what happened. Glenn dropped
0: <laughs> out. Glenn dropped out very shortly. Okay, um, it's not necessarily movie related, but did you guys see the video that Aaron posted of Robert Downey Jr. singing with uh, Sting?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, I didn't get.
0: (laughs) It's up on the Facebook page.
1: Oh man, I'm about to check that out.
0: Um, Is there anything that Robert Downey Jr. can't do? That was it was ridiculous, Glenn, wasn't it?
2: He can't be a he can't be a senior. I know that.
0: That's true. Yeah. But he was awesome though. I I didn't know he could, you know, sing, sing. He was excellent. Just uh, you know, maybe he's got something he could do now after the the Iron Man <laughs> franchise wraps up.
1: Yeah, he's probably hurting for money.
0: He can go <laughs> on no, tour absolutely. He's uh down on his hands and knees at the feet of Sting and the police just take me on tour <laughs> with you guys. Um but uh yeah, it's kind of un unrelated to to movies, but it is Robert Downey Jr. Uh, inclusive, so check it out. It was it's it's amazing. Uh, Glenn, the Oscar nominations were announced, aka the uh, I, I think what they really just do, Glenn, is just carbon copy the Golden Globe nominations and then erase a few people here and add a couple people here, but largely, uh, largely uh, similar, um, similar nominations. Uh, Best Picture nominations were American Hustle. Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomena, 12 Years a Slave, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, any Anything left off of there that you were surprised was left off?
2: Uh, No, not best picture-wise. The only thing I was like with best actor was uh, just interesting who was going to get that fifth spot. Either it was going to be Robert Redford or um, uh, Bruce Dern, and Bruce Dern got it, so that was... Is that... that was really the only thing that was that surprising. Is uh,
0: that a snub, as they like to say?
2: I I don't know. I haven't seen All Is Lost. I want to. But uh I hear like it's really good, but the only way the movie works is the fact that like man, I really hope Robert Redford doesn't die on that boat. Like it's one <laughs> it's kinda like that, so
0: right. um I'm trying to think if there were any other Any other I'm sure there was there was there anything else that people considered snubs that you read about? I know there's got to be at least uh, one or two that people are like, I can't believe so and so didn't get best supporting
2: actress or something. Uh, I mean, I guess Tom Hanks for Captain Phillips, but it wasn't like oh, that's a tough uh, crowd. Though. And, and and Joaquin Phoenix, like it wasn't anybody being a snub. It was just it was really crowded this year, so yeah. s- someone was going to get left off, and, and this year it just happened to be two or three. Right. Um. It's not. It's not really a snub
0: if. You know, it's not really a snub if the the, the competition is just so packed, as you noted. Um, to me, the last, I, the last real snub I remember, I mean, most of the time there's snubs when an award needs to be given to somebody. And it seems obvious that the award is going to this person. And then it doesn't. Then people seem to, like, I remember um, the year that everybody thought Mickey Rourke was going to win for The Wrestler. And then didn't, and then people speculated that it's because the academy doesn't like Mickey Rourke. He uh, should have won that year. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I know. <laughs> I agree. Um, I don't, I don't have anything. Uh, I want to, I want to bring this up just because I, this kind of two points that kind of bring about the uh, how preposterous the Oscars can be, and I think everybody kind of knows that it is, uh, you know, a pretty political system, and uh, you know, I, I constantly hear about fucking uh, film companies whining and dining voters and shit to try to give their film consideration. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Which seems absolutely ridiculous, but, you know, whatever. It's like lobbyists and government. It's <laughs> It seems to, you know, so therefore it makes it automatically horrible in my opinion, but uh, just two points. And the, the first point is nothing against Jonah Hill, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor again uh, for The Wolf of Wall Street. I heard he was really good in that movie. I heard the movie's really good. And uh, he was also nominated for Moneyball last year, which I did see, and he was fantastic in Moneyball and definitely deserved. So I'm not saying this to Jonah Hill as uh, uh, he and he, in fact, might even agree at how preposterous this sounds. But um, I think Jonah Hill now with his second award nomination for the Oscars has more nominations than uh, <laughs> than uh, God. it was uh, Robert Redford. And because uh, Redford only has one nomination, correct, Glenn? I think he's only ever been nominated once.
2: Yeah, for the Sting.
0: And uh, and Gary Oldman also is only has one. That we don't need to
2: we don't need to talk about Gary Oldman because I uh, love Gary Oldman. He is completely underrated. Oh my God, he's so good. Yeah, it's uh, stupid.
0: I love Gary Oldman and and everything, but. Uh, well, I shouldn't say everything, but almost everything. Uh, and this is like nothing against Jonah Hill. I'm just picking picking out Jonah Hill uh, because he's relatively new and up and coming, uh, and at least in dramatic performances, obviously he's got a long history of comedic performances. And I think it's they use him to just point out the absurdity because it's like you know, look at you know the movies he started out doing, you know the Academy would never give a second look to, and it's like look at the just the ridiculous back catalog of guys like Redford or, uh, um, or the guy I just mentioned, Gary Oldman. Uh, just look at those guys' back catalog and to see that they've only been nominated once ever is kind of ridiculous. Um, the other absurdity, of course, Aaron and I's favorite part of the Oscars is always in the technical categories because most of the movies we like only get technical nominations um, for whatever reason. I- I'm just going to go with the Academy is too terrified to put uh, extremely popular movies in uh in the nomination process. Uh, although I don't think it would ever really hurt to put more popular movies. Didn't they try that one year? Uh, and in hopes to boost their ratings or something like that. I mean
2: it's not like these movies aren't popular. I mean Gravity oh, no,
0: made no, a, bu- you're correct.
2: a buttload of movie or movie made a buttload <laughs> of money. Um I mean American Hustle cleared over a hundred million. Wolf of Wall right. Street cleared over a hundred million. Right. Twelve Years a Slave cleared over a hundred million. I mean, there are mo- I mean, they've been successful. Um, the only thing I could think of like a movie that came out of nowhere and got nominated, and I enjoy, but I think it's completely overrated, is uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, that was kind of like the one I would say that was. It was only in there because of its success. Same as Avatar. I mean, anytime James Cameron puts out a movie, it gets nominated for whatever reason. Right, right. Um, but and
0: by the yeah. way, I liked I liked Avatar. I just didn't think it was like Best Picture quality. Like you know, but that's I don't know. That's just me. Um, the other the other farce. this kind of ties in in a, in a couple of ways. The Lone Ranger. You guys got not one but two. Oscar nominations, which I find, I mean, they're both technical (laughs) nominations, but what the actual fuck Oscars? That's, you know, Uh, and uh, I'm looking at the, it got nominated for best visual effects. And I'm looking at the spot the Lone Ranger is at, and I'm noticing that it doesn't say Pacific Rim or, uh, you know, any other number of movies. Pacific Rim didn't get nominated for best visual effects. Um, You know, to me, that's like crazy. And the Lone Ranger did like what the... What the hell did the people behind the Lone Ranger movie do to get these award nominations, Glenn? I I need to know.
2: Uh, they were, they're owned by Disney. That that's exactly what they did. They just
0: paid for their nomination spot essentially or
2: Yeah, I mean like you're talking about whining and dining. I mean, there was a a couple years ago, Leonardo DiCaprio campaigned very heavily for Toby Maguire when Toby Maguire um kind of got a lot of buzz for his role in Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, <laughs> there were stories where he was taking all these Academy voters to dinner and like sending them gift baskets and reminding them that they need to see Brothers with Tommy McGuire because he wanted him to get nominated so badly.
0: Yeah, uh, Lone Ranger got nominated for Best Makeup and Hairstyling, uh, nice. along with uh, Dallas Buyers Club, which will win. And um, I, believe it or not, Jackass's Bad Grandpa got nominated for Best Makeup. It should. Um, I which,
1: could, yeah, I could see that far over Lone Ranger.
0: Yeah. Um, the uh, And the best visual effects, by the way, that's, um, other than the Lone Ranger, it's uh, Gravity, uh, The Desolation of Smog, Iron Man 3, and Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, and Gravity's probably going to take that as well. As much as I liked um, Star Trek, and uh, as much as I love Star Trek, um, Gravity just that that's just an incredible looking movie, and the whole movie is essentially a visual effect uh, more or less. There's very little uh, in that movie that wasn't you know a visual effect of some sort. So um, that's that's definitely I think uh a winner there. Uh, let me see here. There is a couple of other things uh, to talk about. Oh, uh, Dan O'Neill's got the first review up on the website for 2014 Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. I should mention that real quick. And uh, it turns out, Glenn, we were, our, our few, uh, I guess our fears were assuaged a little bit because we were talking about how it wasn't uh, screened for critics ahead of time. It's not getting, uh, you know, over the moon positive reviews, but it's holding, yeah. it's holding a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which is not bad. Uh, basically, um, the, uh, the, the uh, the consensus from Rotten Tomatoes says that it doesn't. Well, it doesn't reinvent the action thriller uh, wheel. That it's, uh, they said it's sleek, uh, reasonably uh, a reasonably diverting reboot for a long dormant franchise. So it sounds like they're actually off to uh, they're off on a good foot with Chris Pine as Jack Ryan. I don't think those movies ever were gigantic uh, box office uh, films, but it, it definitely is faring better
2: than probably uh, Patriot Games.
0: You know what, Patriot Games with Harrison Ford, you're right. I think did pretty yeah. good.
2: Or Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. Those those would probably
0: be the only two. Um, but you know what, though, that's uh, that's a much better start than we thought for sure. <laughs> uh, really, i uh, no, go ahead, Cody.
1: I'm really excited about that because I'm a huge fan of like the Jack Ryan verse. Like my my favorite book of all time is Without Remorse, which is like chronologically the first book in that whole entire series. So I'm I'm really happy about this.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's, it is it is a true reboot. In case people are wondering, um, this does not in any way follow any of the. In fact, there's no way it could have because it's a it's kind of like an origin story for Jack Ryan, uh, and it takes place after 9/11, which kind of makes some of all fears or Hunt for Red October all impossible to have occurred in this universe. <laughs> so it's essentially a a true rebooting of the universe. Uh, but Dan gave it three and a half. Uh, Geeky glasses out of five, so as it stands right now, uh, unless poor reviews come in on the website from any of our other parts, um, that movie's on the best of list for 2014. It's an early inclusion, which, by the way, I, I think is a first. Um, the first review of a year ending up on the uh, the best of list because I think last year's first review came from Stephanie. It was the uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters film, which uh, Netflix is telling me I will hate which means I think I'm kind of dying to see it.
2: It's something special. <laughs> I uh, I watched it the other day. Yeah, it's something. Oh, I'm excited.
0: I'm totally excited to see it. Um in a weird way. It's like I don't I'm not that excited, but I'm a little excited. Um let me see here. Warner Brothers made a huge announcement, you guys, that they've pushed the Superman vs. Batman movie uh Further away, much further away. Uh, it was scheduled to come out in twenty fifteen, and now it's been pushed to May sixth, twenty sixteen. And uh, apparently, the uh, I guess they're they're saying that it was for God. What was the word? What was the word on why they were moving it? It was for some sort of creative, artistic something or other. I,
1: don't I heard know what Two the... different stories. Like I heard, uh, part of it was about Ben Affleck. Apparently, had injured his leg. I
0: I heard that, but I haven't seen any stories about it. So I don't, I don't know.
1: And then I heard it was like the studio wanting to give basically the creative team, like as much time and resources possible to fully like envision and capture what they want to do for the movie.
0: Right. Uh, Obviously this is um, spawning the big rumor, Glenn, that they're what they've been making all of these announcements, right? It's, Superman vs. Batman. Oh, wait, well, now here comes Wonder Woman. Oh, wait, well, now here's these other people that might be in the movie. Uh, and now them pushing this movie back uh, to 2016, this creates the obvious rumor that are they giving up on Superman vs. Batman, Glenn? And are they just going to do a full-fledged uh, Justice League movie?
2: I don't think they're necessarily doing only full-fledged, but I think a lot of it has to do with the higher-up saying, I, I don't think Zack Snyder originally wanted to have Wonder Woman in it right. or any other characters. I mean, I'm sure Batman was at the back of his mind um, to add on. Right. And I think that once they decided they were going to add her and possibly some other, you know, DC characters, that it just became we need more time to flesh this out because the script we have now does not reflect this in a way that, you know, would be attainable. Or do service to those characters. So I really think that I think I jokingly put in there that it's gonna be, you know, the Justice League movie and that's what they're gonna rename it, but it it may just it may just be a rework into the script. So if Wonder Woman's in there, she'll be in there for a cameo, but it won't just be like, oh, she's there and you know, a wink and a nod to her character, maybe she'll, you know, maybe show up at the end or some crap like that.
0: Personally, I approve of the uh, the alternate name come up with on Facebook of <laughs> Superman, Batman, shadow recruits uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, if they don't go that route. Uh, but no, I mean, obviously that spawned almost instantaneous people. I think people thought that was what they were going to do. It's like, oh, well, they need to rework the script because they're going to turn it into a Justice League movie. And I mean, they do have the proverbial gun to their heads in this uh in the race of uh comic book movie franchises obviously marvel's way out of the the starting gate you know already i mean they're going to have gosh by the time this movie comes out um age of ultron doesn't that come out in 2015 that comes out next year doesn't uh,
2: it I, I think that's another thing too is this 2015 is going to be so loaded you got tran you got terminator reboot mm. uh you got mad max reboot and all that's coming in one month that's all coming in may 2015 right so it may have just been them backing off and being like you know what we can wait that's fine yeah too much going on
0: uh I, I, yeah you know, i don't blame them um, Cody, you were mentioning uh, before we got started that um, CW basically shit-can their plans for <laughs> uh, a Wonder Woman uh, spinoff show and that they're just going to concentrate on Arrow and The Flash for right now. Um, that's presumably – um, I don't think it's – I mean we've talked about it before like uh, why can't DC make a, a Wonder Woman movie or a TV show – uh, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has everything to do with the fact that they, once they announced Wonder Woman was going to be in the movie, you know, I think, uh, well, we've they, we've never confirmed it. Uh, we think that Arrow and the Flash are tied into this new DC uh, movie universe. And if they had cast anyone else other than Gal Gadot to be Wonder Woman for this television show, then it would be kind of breaking with that. Uh, you know, breaking with that canon or whatever—that—that—that's what I'm getting out of this. But I don't, I don't know. What's your perspective on it?
1: Yeah, I think it probably has mostly to do with that. Just because they don't—I mean, you can't have. Well, I mean, they did it before, I guess, with Superman and Smallville. it was two different Supermans. Yeah. But I, they could get away with it, I think, because it was supposed to be two different time frames. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, yeah, I think it's just that they're going to have her in this movie, and anyone else in that role for a tv show i think is just going to be kind of looked as like a a b-list person for this show
0: right they don't want to they don't want to confuse the marketplace either like is this the same wonder woman are these things related are they linked you know the stuff from the tv show have any impact on the movie and i think they just wanted to avoid all of that stuff
1: yeah Um, i think it keeps it from being too convoluted
0: I mean, that's why, uh, to keep harkening back to something that's a movie and TV property as well, um, that's why nobody's seeing new Star Trek TV right now because they don't want to saturate the market and they don't want to, you know, put even the slightest hint of confusion out there. Uh, because if I've ever learned anything about the movie industry, it's that you have to treat all of your customers like they're idiots. Uh, that's why they used to put uh, strips of, of, of paper or ribbon. On vents to show you that air was flowing through it because apparently you were too dumb to know uh, that if you just saw a vent with nothing on it, that air was coming through. Uh, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, I think that's the largely the reason, though. They just didn't want to confuse brands or anything like that. Um, although, uh, Glenn, would you agree that they they do seem to have some sort of issue with getting Wonder Woman off the ground in, in any way?
2: Yeah, I mean it, it's just like we've discussed before. It, female characters are uh, they just don't have that kind of reach like a male character does. Just just the way society has been formed and us being completely patriarchal. Right. Uh, it, it's just I think it's just a habit of us as a species, not necessarily uh, bad creative rights, but you know you have things out there like Hunger Games and uh, Twilight to a certain extent uh so it's not like there's room for heroines, or as we talked about with uh orange is a new black like there there's room out there for it uh I just think that with those type of properties you can uh you can mess up on it you may would be like, well, the only way it can sell it is sex appeal you know with Wonder Woman, and i you know you you can kind of make your character a little demeaning in her outfits, which her outfits you know aren't exactly uh you know Puritan but you know it, it's it, I think it's just a matter of it's a complicated character to balance and to give a good story around that you'll be able to sell.
0: Uh we've got some more Star Wars Episode 7 news that I want to I want to toss out. Last uh, last week we talked about the uh the possible casting choice of Jesse Plemons who played Todd on uh Breaking <laughs> Bad, the creepiest motherfucker who ever lived. Um in an interview for HitFix, Plemons said And I quote, no. Yeah, I think it's just one of those crazy rumors. Um, Unfortunately, this is weird because, you know, J.J. Abrams is very famous for his secrecy about any projects he's doing. Um, But in an interview for Collider, when uh, asked about Plemons, J.J. Abrams said, uh, he is one of the actors we've talked to. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, who knows what's going on? Uh, Obviously, I, I guess it depends on when these interviews took place and uh, who knew what. Um, uh, But yeah, Um, by the way, uh, in an interview with, uh, in the same interview with Collider, Abrams also mentions that the script is completed and that right now they're in deep uh, preparation. So they're in pre-production right now. Um, And he also noted that they won't be shooting the film in IMAX at all, but they will be using film cameras, not digital
2: Film. imax is IMAX's film so right
0: uh maybe they won't be using the imax film but regular
2: old film why not just use red come I on think,
0: i think they should also do it you know well yeah i guess um i don't know red digital cameras are the best but he seems intent on and doing it the old school way for this uh for sure um Let me see here. Uh, Let me see. Uh, And also, uh, some news about episode seven came out from the uh, Latino Review, which uh, I don't know if we've mentioned about Latino. uh, I don't know if we've mentioned Latino Review. Are are you guys aware of the Latino Review? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It sounds for those uninitiated, it sounds like the shadiest, not to be trusted. (laughs) But these guys, they they're like basically their their credibility as a uh, as a source provider, uh, for information, it's just come from years and years and years of them saying exclusive, 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 exclusive. And then all of them being true. Um, they were the first people to be like, it's con in the star Trek movie. And people were like, bullshit. Um, you know, uh, and that's just one of many, 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 uh, stories Latino review has, uh, has broken. Um, they are talking about Mark Hamill being in the movie for sure, because, uh, uh, outside of the, the change in focus from the, the script, as we mentioned, that they're going to put more focus on Hamill, uh, Fisher and, uh, and Han Solo, Indiana Jones, uh, Harrison Ford, uh, Latino review is saying that the new script actually has so much material in it for Mark Hamill that he could be shooting for nearly six months. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So (laughs) it sounds like they are really shifting the focus. Um, they, uh, they also are citing that Jesse Plemons is almost a done deal, so uh, so there you go. Um, also, as it pertains to the uh, the Boba Fett solo film that is being written currently by Lawrence Kasdan, um, they are saying that uh, he did not like the origin story of Boba Fett from Episode Two, the the uh, whatever that was, the Phantom. I was going to say the Phantom Revenge of the Clones, whatever it was. Um, by the way, I, I like that origin story of him taking up like his dad's mantle or whatever. Um, but uh, apparently Kazdan is going to uh, write a story where that Boba Fett is is killed. And uh, the person who kills him takes the armor and takes the name. And it's a different person. So he doesn't have to do that origin story.
2: Well, um, uh, wait. Go ahead. So I guess they're going to go the route of him inside of oh, what's it what's that the the giant pit in the sand the what's sarlacc that? yeah yeah and how he he breaks free of it so no, wait, no. Is, he get, is he gonna break free of it and then someone's gonna shoot him <laughs> no
0: no this is this is the uh the origin of, of boba fett so the last time we saw boba fett he was getting swallowed up by the the sarlacc and uh what was it episode five or six i can't remember which one i think it was episode five uh, Cody right now is shaking his head with his... It's six. six. It's six. Yeah. He's like, how does he not fucking know this? It's he the, can, it's the return, a, of, it's return of the Sith, right? <laughs> Cody, Cody's like, he can recite every goddamn line from Star Trek six, but he can't remember what movie <laughs> Boba Fett died in. Um, yeah. See, I can do both. So, I, See, mean. There you go. Um, I, I just can't remember. It's been so long since I've watched the original Star Wars movies. Uh, I got I to gotta get back on that and watch them again. Um but uh, no, uh, this because uh, we see young Boba Fett in episode two. Uh, he's just a clone of his dad, as creepy as that is. Um, and his dad gets killed. And the last time I think we see little Boba Fett, he's holding his dad's severed helmet head or whatever. Um, and supposedly this new guy would kill Boba Fett later on. So this is like Boba Fett, the college years. You know what I mean? It's uh, oh, a okay. younger Boba Fett movie, more of an origin story. Um, that being said... Um, even Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think could sense the crying out amongst Star Wars fans that are... I I Part of you, Cody, I've, I don't know where you stand on this, um, but I think you can understand where a lot of people, you know, where they do stand on the Boba Fett thing. I know some people are really excited because, Hey, more Star Wars is good. Uh, and any, any extra content is good content, but there are so many people I've seen the argument a million times. It's like Lucasfilm didn't see it. And now Disney doesn't seem to see it that, the best part about Boba Fett was not knowing anything about him. Like the best thing was the mystery and they had built, they'd spent so long uh, from the release of those movies, not knowing anything about Boba Fett, that everything people created for him in their minds will never be able to be fully realized in a movie, thus making it a disappointment. Um, Where do you fall in on that category?
1: Uh, It's it's really tough to say because it's, that's definitely the reason he was such a popular character Mm Mm-hmm. You know basically nothing about him. He's got a kick-ass jetpack. Right. He looks badass. Like he sells out everybody to the fucking Darth Vader. But you don't. I don't even think he says a single word in any of the movies, does he?
0: Um, I I think maybe one or two things. Maybe I don't know. He does the Wilhelm scream. I know that. <laughs> of course. He channels. He channels Mister Wilhelm for his death. Um, but.
1: With that being said, like, for him to be kind of such a small role but still have so much presence, Mm -hmm. it's – yeah, it's going to be really tough for them to make something that's going to satisfy everybody. And I don't think that they're going to be able to do it because there's always going to be a group of people who are, oh, that that sucks. You know, that's shits. So are
0: you in the camp of just give me a good story
1: and I'll be happy? Yeah, I just just hope for a good story. Just something tangible.
0: Right. I mean, to to me, the mystery has already been ruined by episode two if that's the camp you're in. Uh because they're already like, well, this is little Boba Fett, he's a clone of his dad, who is uh uh the original uh the original source for all the clone troopers essentially. Uh and pro- and possibly or probably stormtroopers. Uh so yeah. The the mystique about who he is has already kind of been laid to bear. Although if Lawrence Casting has his has his way, that's not the Boba Fett we see in uh in the original Star Wars movies. Um, so maybe, and you know, Lawrence Kasdan, of course, is the guy who did write the uh, the most popular and probably the best of the original trilogy. Of course, uh, The Empire Strikes Back. So if anybody can if anybody can take Star Wars and do something good with it, it's it's Lawrence Kasdan. He's got the track record for it.
1: So, and he's he's got tons of room too, because to go from the the cloning station as a little kid all the way to Episode Five. Where right. he's a bounty hunter, like that's a huge gap of time that he could do almost anything with.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. Let me see. Oh, uh, a... the
2: other thing too is like you're talking about lesses or less in the mystery being a good thing, mm-hmm. and that kind of same thing with Yoda. Like kind of, yeah. Yoda was there, and you know, like we all love Yoda, but you know, you kind of you kind of knew who he was in a matter of you know ten minutes, right? And then I feel like you know you have three movies where he's a prominent character and then it kind of takes away from the mystique.
0: Yeah. A little bit.
2: Um, although
0: I can't be mad uh, at all for that, that Yoda count Dooku fight scene, which I thought was fucking awesome. Yep. I could watch it over and over again. <laughs> so to, I mean, to me, it's like, it, it's, it was such a simple idea that when Yoda is not using the force, he has to hobble around with his little walking stick. But when it, when time comes to kick ass, he just flies all over the goddamn place. It kicks ass. I, I just thought that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't want them to go too far with it. Like, I don't want to, I don't think I want a Yoda solo movie. And I mean, I know they could probably do stuff with it. Um, but I don't know, sometimes, sometimes less is more. But, you know, we'll see. And obviously Star Wars kind of has dug a hole for itself. I, I think we need to see how episode seven handles itself before they you know i mean i know they're not thinking that way they're like we're gonna dive in and throw a million movies at you but from my perspective i think we need to see how the first movie plays out before you know i'm i'm handing over you know my money for for further movies so uh i remember how i i can still remember how excited everyone was for episode one so there's a lot of excitement around that movie (laughs) Uh, let me see here. Um, Ed Brubaker, do you guys know who Ed Brubaker is? He, he did a lot of, uh, Captain America comics back in the day. Yep. Yes. Um, he had, I, I think he may be overstating it a little bit, but he was talking about the time he spent on the set for, uh, the winter soldier movie. And, um, from a guy who is, uh, from a guy who's got a lot of experience in, in, uh, the mythos of Captain America, uh, in an interview with IGN said, uh, in his opinion, it's the the best movie that Marvel has made to date. And uh, he also says the uh, the two best fight scenes he's ever seen on a film occur in this movie. And I think this is, if that sounded like it was overstating, um, I think he, he topped that overstatement with the following overstatement. It's going to be amazing. It's going to make a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to go and be on set for a while and watch the film and stuff. It was amazing. I couldn't be happy with how it came out. Um, I don't think it's going to do a billion dollars, Oh, but I am hearing a lot of positive. This is not the first time I've heard people saying that this Captain America movie might in fact, uh, you know, shock people with how good it ends up being. Um, although I'd say, you know, the second Thor movie ended up doing that as well. Like, I don't think a lot of people were, were given that that much time. Uh, but yeah, that really ended up being really well done as well. So, uh, so far they're not, they're not missing the ball. And the Captain America movie looks like it's going to be completely different uh, from what we were seeing with Iron Man and Thor 2, which I think is the key with all of these movies, is to to include the characters you know and love, but definitely make the situations unique uh, so it doesn't feel like you're constantly watching the same movie uh, over and over again. And I think uh, so far that formula has been working out uh, pretty well for them. Uh, let me see. Are you, are you guys as excited... Uh, uh, excited for the uh, the Captain America movie or where's that uh, landing for you guys on your hype scale?
1: Yeah, I am I saw the trailer. I think it looks fantastic. And like what you said about it with it being so different, I think that's awesome because you, otherwise it's just movies and all the stu- same stuff is happening and you can take out Captain America and you can just throw in Iron Man mm-hmm. and it doesn't really change anything. So I think the the tonal theme being so different is good and the, the trailer looks amazing. And I'm a pretty big Captain America fan. I mean, I have a Captain America tattoo of a shield on my elbow. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm pretty hyped for it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Glenn, how's where's this landing on your radar? Your radar?
2: Um, I guess like movies, I'm hyped for for the year. Mm -hmm. It's probably number two. Uh, Madonna, The Planet of the Apes is like that. I really want to see that movie. The uh, once they announced Gary Oldman was going to be in it, that was Mm -hmm. it. But no, the, like you said, this movie's it looks really intriguing. It looks different, and the fact like the creative team behind it is the Russo brothers, which they're most known for Community. Yeah, so it, I, I like it whenever you, there's people who are attached to it. Of I just wouldn't think of them. Right, right, and yeah. And so it, it'll it for me it it just adds a little interest. You know, maybe they're out of their comfort zone, but maybe it's something they can be good at because they have better, um, you know. They they understand comedy timing, so maybe it kind of work well with a uh, uh, dramatic timing, mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that.
0: Um, we have um, we don't have any Blu-ray releases to talk about uh for this week. The next set of Blu-rays comes out after we'll record the next podcast, <laughs> um, because of our day delay here. Um, so none of those. But in an attempt to pay uh, a bill or two, anyway. Uh if you're a uh if you're an Amazon.com shopper, and I know many of you are, including the people on this very podcast. Mm. I, I can think of three people on this podcast right now who are Amazon shoppers. Yep. Um you can totally continue doing the thing you love, shopping on Amazon, but also help out Cinema Geekly all at the same time, and it's really super simple. Uh you just go to cinemageekly.com, and on the right hand side of the page we have a big button. That says click here to support Cinema Geekly. Um, if you would be so kind, you could even replace your old Amazon bookmark with this one. Use it every single time you shop. Does not change your shopping experience one bit. Uh, you shop like normal and you don't pay anything extra. Uh, but 5 to 10% or it's 8 to 10% of uh, your purchase gets sent right back to Cinema Geekly as a thank you from Amazon. And that's going to continue to uh to support the website keep the podcast free keep the keep the bandwidth uh allotment that we have nice and healthy uh so we can continue to get that content out to you on a regular basis uh let me see oh glenn i wanted to mention i saw her i know you didn't get the review uh to me yeah i haven't yet yeah sorry and that's okay (laughs) but I, i did see it i i'm not writing a review for it um, but I just wanted to let you know that I saw it and I thought it was okay, but I wasn't a big, I wasn't a big fan of the ending. I hate it when movies end like this. And it always seems to happen in these, in these very artsy films, Glenn. I, I don't know if, have you ever seen, uh, another earth?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I've seen it. Uh-huh. Did Did you listen to the, have you ever listened to the episode of the podcast where I rail against that movie for about 30 <laughs> minutes?
2: No, I haven't heard you rail about a movie. That has like a ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, the, I I loved the movie. It was great. I just didn't like
0: the ending. It always seems like it's the it, it's the really art like the really artsy movies
2: like open open to interpretation kind of thing. Right, or...
0: they don't give you a real ending.
1: Was it like uh, a Sopranos I've... thing? Uh,
2: kind of, sort of. I mean, basically all the computers join in the one, and they just leave, and. Yeah, uh, in, in I her... interpret it as them becoming Skynet. Yes, uh, in, in is... her,
0: yeah. In her, Cody, I don't know if you've if you've seen the 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 talk around this movie, but Joaquin Phoenix basically just plays a dude who works a nine to five job uh, and buys this brand new computer with this brand new super super smart operating system, uh, voiced by Scarlett Johansson, and uh, we're talking like the the supreme AI. It's basically a human but without a body. Uh, yeah, he basically
1: she, falls in love with his phone, right?
0: Yeah. Um. He, um. Well, I don't know. It's the operating system, I guess. He really falls in love with, but he he carries it around everywhere with him. Um. But yeah, and it gets it gets smarter and starts talking with other operating systems. And you know, as Glenn as Glenn purports to have happened, they they go off into the ether somewhere and
2: then create Skynet.
1: Um. Which so is, he gets dumped s- by his computer.
0: Yes.
2: Uh, I don't think she dumps him. I think he. He essentially dumps her because when they had that conversation, when he's like, how many people are you talking to right now? And she's like 8,641 how many of those people are you in love with? And she's like 600 of them. And I'm like, Oh God. And he's like, she's like, but, but I love you more than all of them. And he's like, fuck you. You're in love with like 600 people. What do you mean you're in love with me? Right. It's like, Oh, I can't
0: explain it. And he's really, yeah. And he's really incapable they're Essentially they reach an impasse where both of them are incapable of understanding. Like she can't understand why he isn't cool with it. And he can't understand why it's perfectly, natural for her in the, in the type of existence that she leads, um, yeah. that, it's you like know, a, it's like, it's like she, a, it's like she yeah. can generate, you know, her love is, you know, I, I guess a, a digital in like some sort of digital form. She can like give it equally to a bunch of people at any one time. And, you know, the feelings aren't any less for You know him than they are for any of the other 600 people but he can't grasp that she can't grasp his perspective either um they were leaving either way though glenn one way or the other they were oh yeah
2: well uh, i think the the other thing is weird The, the one thing i i hated at first and then i enjoyed that they didn't do it was um amy adams character like the whole time it's like oh it's setting up for them to fall in love and be together Right. And while you could, if you want to say, oh, that's what happens whenever they go to the rooftop, mm. I think, I don't think he ever really considers her as an option because, you know, he said, stated several times that he just views her as a friend. And I always loved the looks that her husband would give him. Right. Whenever they were talking, like, well, she never showed me this. And it's always like, they were completely platonic that it was never like they, they. I just at first always just assumed it was going to be his sister and they were just going to eventually reveal that at some point, but it wasn't. Right. But uh, I, I absolutely love the movie. I, I, when I finally get the review done, I'll, I'll, I'll probably give it a four out of five. Uh, but it, it I, it was, uh, it was very unique and that, that's probably what I enjoyed most about it was, it, it was an interesting discussion and thought process of, Oh, absolutely. Where, where where human development may go to one day.
0: Right. No, and I think it's I think it's a tremendous uh movie and tremendous job uh in the performances of both Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson, whom yep. to the best of my knowledge never acted with each other on set ever. Not mm-hmm. like not even once. I think all of Scarlett Johansson's stuff was, you know, in a voice in like a booth somewhere. Um that being said, it's and the ending didn't ruin it for me. I just didn't like the ending, which is essentially uh, her his computer girlfriend leaves for some other plane of existence, <laughs> uh, and Amy Adams comes over. And yes, it does feel like they're setting them up the whole movie. And um, you know she's in tears because her OS that she was great friends with, you know, left along with all the other ones. And uh, you know they do lead you to believe, oh, this is where they hook up. And obviously they don't answer that at all. So I guess you could leave it to. Uh, leave it to uh, your thoughts, I guess. Um, but basically they just go up to the rooftop and then they just sit down and she lays her head on his shoulders and they just stare at the cityscape. And that's the end of the movie, which I don't feel like is an ending <laughs> at all. It just feels like that's where they decided to stop the movie, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's an an ending, uh, which, which I don't like. Um, but if they are leaving the ending open to interpretation, uh, as soon as the camera goes black, if it were to to fade back in, uh, they would stand up, look at each other lovingly, hold each other's hands, and then jump off the building.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds. The whole thing sounds incredibly <laughs> depressing. Oh, it's, a, it, it, it's it's a very
0: depressing movie. Do you, do you, as Glenn? Are you now picturing them uh, picturing them hurling themselves off the building, or because that that's really how I see it happening?
2: I don't think he ever like for him. I I just felt like. The movie ends with him understanding who and what he is, and now he may never be happy about him never being able to connect to someone emotionally, right? Uh, in a way that you know other humans can. In that way, the
0: in that way the movie is basically depressing from the start of the movie.
2: Oh yeah, dude! Like the, the, <laughs> when he has the conversation with his ex-wife. Yeah. Uh, just really hammers a point, or hammers that point home. And then the other thing I love about the movie is that. Spike Jones just got done, you know, he ma- he writes the script, he's been working on it for three years, or the movie, he worked on it for three years total, mm-hmm. and gets it done, and it's, you know, it's this beautiful, artsy, hipsterish, utopia kind of thing, right. and then, like, he's best friends with the guys from Jackass, and, you know, right. filmed the scenes as the old lady in Bad Grandpa, like, it's, for me, I, I it's so great that he has that kind of range cuz most people just you know they don't they can't grasp either areas at the same time and he's just able to uh creatively take those different forms
0: what i uh what i refuse to believe however uh is that spike jones belief that uh, sometime in our near future that all of the worst uh grooming and clothing trends <laughs> from the early to mid nineties will come back into style and people <laughs> will wear them. Yeah. Uh, it... This is this is untrue. This is this is almost as bad uh, of a showing of our future as Back to the Future Part two was. They are almost as far off base as Back to the Future Part Two. Come on.
2: Yeah, High Waters and Corduroys, that's like what everybody wore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh oh my god. What I can't believe is how bad their three D technology looked in the future when that jars when that Jaws came uh out at Marty McFly. I can't believe how much worse our our three D graphics look in the future. It's uh it's tremendous.
1: Uh let I, me see I won't okay. stand any Back to the Future bashing.
0: Oh I love but I know. I love Back to the Future. I love all of those movies, even the third movie. Uh I love I love all three of them. Uh let me see here. Uh and is there Anything? Oh, the, you know what? There is something coming out in the uh, in the movie theaters.
2: <laughs> yeah, there is.
0: <laughs> and Glenn is uh, Glenn is going to be first in line uh, to check it out. Uh, I Frankenstein is hitting the theaters January twenty fourth. There's a new Nerdist podcast up right now with uh, Aaron Eckhart, and he apparently talks about the movie. Although I can't imagine he has anything nice to say. I mean, I'm sure he's going to say nice <laughs> things about it, but I can't imagine what those would be. I'm I'm I've downloaded it just to. Just to hear keep what getting it is them that checks,
2: saying. Aaron Eckhart, all right, that's all you gotta do, <laughs> just keep getting them checks,
0: yeah, I mean well he's got the he's got the Batman money now, so he's just doing projects that look like fun to him, I think, so um yeah, this is a uh, Aaron Eckhart, um Bill Nighy is in this, which is uh awesome, I approve yep. um I love that Aaron Eckhart is playing a character named Adam Frankenstein,
1: <laughs> oh man,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um that bothers me a lot what is uh what is do you do you glenn do you have the uh what you gather to be is the premise for this film do you know what this is about even
2: uh from what i gather is uh frankenstein is like this myth mythical creature and all of a sudden there's like uh there's a war going on between angels and i don't know if they're demons or other angels that also look like gargoyles and the angels want him to fight on their side and right but the angels that confront him are like the bad ones. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck you guys. And then he just <laughs> gets caught in the middle and he just fights angels, which I don't understand because like it shows them flying and then there's fire and explosions. Oh, and there's like a zombie horde that runs across rooftops. I saw that. Or I'm assuming like some kind of zombie horde uh, or demons or whatever. But he's supposed to like, you know, he's made from eight different humans. So he has the strength of eight men. Right. But that's it. It doesn't say like he has like regenerative powers or anything. It's just he's really strong. Like, well, can he conceivably die or does he like, you know, is he able to heal himself? Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's that's I, good though because I was really afraid they were going to stray away from the book. Yeah, course. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of fans that would have been
2: pissed if they didn't. Well, I mean, stick his name it. is Frankenstein, and that that's which they've already gone away from the book. That, that's so stupid. Um, that's dumb.
0: Uh, also hitting the theaters, I think this is probably—I um, don't know if this is going to be a wide release or not. Uh, "Give Me Shelter" with um, Vanessa Hudgens, James Earl Jones, Brendan Fraser, Rosario Dawson—that's um, hitting the theaters. Um, no, it says here it's hitting a uh, limited release. Uh, and then the uh, the other release that's coming out limited, "Knights uh, of Badass Dumb." I thought this already came out. This didn't already come out. Have you guys what? heard about this? I thought this movie came out a
1: while ago. You just blew my mind hole. I didn't know what that is. Um, okay.
0: Knights of Bad Astem follows three best friends uh, who are dedicated LARPers uh, as oh. they take to the woods to reenact dungeons and dragons-like scenarios fresh out of the mythical Middle Ages. Trouble arises after they unwittingly conjure up some serious evil in the form of a blood-lusting succubus from the pits of hell. Uh, it's uh, believe it or not, starring Steve Zahn, Summer Glau, and Peter Dinklage. Oh man, they like <laughs>
2: just picked apart the cult following. Holy shit!
1: <laughs> Holy, See, that, f- sound, that sounds like a Simon Pegg kind of a movie to me.
0: Right. Uh, it 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 could either be good or it could be ungodly terrible.
2: It doesn't sound like it, it doesn't have Eggers, right? It doesn't have his name attached to it, right? It doesn't think, have Eggers right? No, no. To it's it?
0: uh it's directed by Joe Lynch.
2: And is he related to David Lynch? Ah. Cuz then it would be then that would be like, okay, I got to <laughs> see this movie if it's if it's like David Lynch's son. <laughs> his, yeah, uh, he's
1: doing the soundtrack. <laughs>
2: his his
0: last directing credit was in 2007 for Wrong Turn 2: Dead End. Oh, well. Which actually has a uh, 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, but that's out of nine reviews. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) How can you even put that number up there? (laughs) Nine people said, meh. Seven, well, technically
0: seven, I believe, were like, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, 7 seven out of 9 said... But not
1: not as good as Wrong Turn 3, I forgot my AAA card. Yeah.
0: Like, um, by the way, for anyone uh, wondering about the lead character, Wrong Turn 2 was helmed by Henry Rollins, was the lead actor in Wrong Turn 2. Dead end. Uh, <laughs> there's also a man in this movie named, and I kid you not, Texas Battle. Is his name? Is he like a wrestler or something? Or nah,
2: no, or part of the drug cartel?
0: Um, no, but uh, Texas Battle
2: is or an G. African Joe? Is like... an,
0: He's an African American actor who was in Coach Carter, uh, Final Destination Three, and Dragon Ball Evolution. So uh, there you go. He's got a, huh. uh, and he doesn't have any credits past 2010. So there you oh, go.
2: I hope he didn't die because that's that's one hell of a name.
0: Texas Battle. Yeah. Uh the top 5 in the box office, Frozen was number 5 at 12 million. Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit opened to 17.2, which is probably a disappointing uh first showing at the box office for the for this movie given how heavily it was uh I mean I saw commercials for that movie everywhere. Like every show I watched there was a Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit commercial. So 17.2 for their opening weekend has really got to be a disappointment I'm guessing. Um, the nut job was number three, 20.6 million. Uh, lone survivor did 23.2 million. And, uh, of course, as, uh, we should have all predicted right along with ice cube <sighs> and Kevin Hart did 41.2 million, despite a, uh, a strong 15% on rotten tomatoes. Uh, and that is out of 79 reviews thus far. So not a popular film. Um, Basically, they're like, Kevin Hart's the only good thing about this movie, and that it, it doesn't even last the whole movie. So, yeah.
1: I'm that kind of surprised out. that beat Nutjob. Yeah, me
0: too. I thought um, I thought Nutjob would be a little higher up, although Nutjob is actually rated worse, critically, than Ride Along. The Nutjob yeah. has 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, this is the weirdest Dang. thing I've. This is the weirdest thing I've read for an animated film. I don't watch a lot of animated movies, so Glenn, I know you've. I know you've watched a, an animated film or two. Maybe you can uh, elaborate on this. But the first line of this of the consensus is it's hampered by an unlikable central character. <laughs> I've ever seen an animated movie where the lead character was unlikable. Like they're always adorable and cute. Are there any like annoying animated leads?
2: Uh, I can't really. Maybe think the, Maybe the kid in like Black Cauldron, <laughs> maybe was uh. And I guess Arthur and Sword in the Stone was kind of annoying. I mean, I, I only liked it because you know Merlin did magic and changing the Jack dra- Jackrabbits and stuff. Uh, I no, I I can't think of anything that was hampered by a unlikable lead. Um. Well, this might
0: help. Number one. The lead was voiced by Will Arnett, whom I like very very much, but he does not have the voice of a likable person. And on top of that, apparently the name of the lead character in this film is Surly. So right there, you've got a character named Surly, and uh, he's being voiced by a dude who who can't really do a chipper, happy voice. Club sauce. (laughs) He's basically saying this... (laughs) This squirrel is a dick is essentially what they're saying.
2: I'm really excited for the Lego movie because he's voicing Batman like that. I, that, it just looks like so much fun. All the commercials
0: for that look like it's going to be look, look like it's going to be fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I, uh, I laughed right away when they did the, the thing they keep showing in the TV spots is, uh, Chris Pratt's character, is boasting about the double couch he made, the double-decker couch. <laughs> and it's <laughs> yeah. like anybody who ever played with Legos did stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like, I built a double-decker couch. Uh, <laughs> so seeing seeing that they make those kind of jokes already makes me happy because I'm, 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 I'm probably going to see at least uh, a half dozen or so other nods to, to things I'm positive I would have done uh, in the past. You know, playing with Legos or whatever. It seems like they've got their heads on straight when it comes to that movie. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let me see here. Merch! Cinema Geekly merch! Uh, go to the website on the top uh, the very, very tip top of the page uh, we've got a bunch of links among them. A merchandise link which will take you to CafePress.com slash Cinema Geekly uh, there from which you can buy a bunch of Cinema Geekly stuff. Uh, Aaron told me I'm not allowed to say swag anymore. It sounds too Justin Bieberish. So we're not going to say swag anymore, but uh, tons of Cinema Geekly merch from shirts, stickers, uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, mugs, tumblers, uh, iPhone cases, laptop skins, mouse pads, all that sort of great stuff. Uh, Tons of junk available on there. I'm going to work on getting that shop upgraded as well uh, so we can start putting more and more designs up uh, and not just the Cinema Geekly logo. Um, There are a couple of people who have already bought some Cinema Geekly shirts. Oh, awesome! Uh, so if, um, uh, if any of you guys actually decide, uh, you're brave enough to slap that bad boy on and take a picture of yourself or something and send it to us, I'm sure we'd be more than happy to throw it up on the, uh, the Facebook page or give you guys a shout out or something on the podcast, uh, for sure. So, um, more than welcome to do that. Uh, let me see here. Uh, I think that'll probably wrap it up for the week. Unless we're missing something, would we miss anything?
2: Uh, well, anybody who's in the uh, who lives in, you're around the Dallas area or in Texas, oh, that's right. Uh, February eighth and night, they have the Dallas Comic Con present Sci-Fi Expo, which uh, they have people. The people who are headlining it are Carl Urban uh, from Judge or the Dread movie and the Star Trek movies, as Lord of Bones, the Rings, Lord of the Rings. And uh, Stephen Amell from TV Zero, mm. uh, Peter Weller, a.k.a. Robocop, yes. Lee Majors, who is the six million dollar man, Alice Eve, who is also in the Star Trek movie or one of my favorite movies. She's out of my league. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, say Men in Black three. <laughs> I <laughs> she was well, in a... I, I really don't like that movie. But that moment at the end of it... With, oh, it was good, wasn't it? With, yeah, like, it, it almost completely redeems the whole movie of just mm-hmm. like, okay, this is kind of stupid. Yeah. And then the end, I'm like, oh, oh, shit, that, it was damn so, it.
0: It was so adorable, <laughs> right? Um, of course, Glenn is conveniently forgetting uh, the two best people that are going to be there. Of course, we're talking about Karen Gillan and Sylvester McCoy, uh, more, most famously from Doctor Who, but uh, Karen Gillan's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Sylvester McCoy's uh, been in the the two Hobbit movies as well. Um, yeah, there's just a, it's a great group of people. And I think Glenn is going to be um, snapping as many photos as he can and grabbing some video if he can. And perhaps if he can even trap Sylvester McCoy in the bathroom, could snag an interview perhaps. So you never know. Um, Glenn could be are you going are you going to troll around the uh the bathrooms waiting for celebrities to appear and then you'll ambush them as they come out of the stall?
2: Well, they kind of have like a back room kind of deal. They they usually like they're kind of sealed off or not sealed away like they have their tables and then they yes. they have there's a there's a section of the building that is closed off like basically an entire stairwell and access uh is just for celebrities and uh personnel that that are volunteering and that kind of stuff. <laughs>
0: Okay, so that is going on. Glenn's uh, giving them. A, I think you can find all that info at uh, what? Sci fi expo.com, I think is the
2: page uh, for that. It's, uh, it's DCC sci fi expo.com is what it should be. So. Uh, let's see here.
1: I, but, uh, actually,
0: if you, go, if you straight up go to sci fi expo.com, it, it gives you the, the, the homepage for it, but you can go to sci fi expo. Uh, I think you can go straight up to scifiexpo.com and it'll uh, direct you to uh, DCC. Um, but yeah, you can, uh, you can go find out more information about that and uh, tickets and, uh, and panels and things like that that are all um, going on all at the same time. Uh, let me see here. Okay, uh, I guess I will wrap it up. Uh, everything we talked about this week, of course, you can check out on the .com, cinemageekly.com. Uh, or you can uh, reach out to us on all of our social networking websites. We're on Twitter and Facebook, Google Plus and Tumblr, all at Cinema Geekly. Uh, and, uh, of course, as it relates to the, uh, the podcast itself, we're available on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and the Stitcher Radio app. And uh, as it relates to iTunes and Stitcher, you can rate and review the podcast. We highly recommend that you do this uh, as it helps out the, uh, the search metrics. That Stitcher and iTunes use. Uh, the more you rate and review, uh, the more visible our podcast becomes uh, to people who are searching for such content as uh, Cinema Geekly provides. Uh, hopefully we can get Aaron back next week. I did, te- I did get a text back from Aaron, in case everyone is wondering. Uh, and in true Aaron fashion, he did uh, respond uh, properly. I-, I-, I texted him uh, at about 7.05, right before we started recording, and said, doing the podcast tonight? And he responded at 7.51 with, shit! <laughs> exclamation point. Um, so hopefully Aaron will be back next week. Uh, <laughs> it's rare that Aaron misses so many weeks in a row, but hopefully he will be back on uh, next week, and we can, uh, uh, we'll can we do a very long catch-up episode and get his uh, thoughts on some of the stuff that's been going on. Plus, um, we can talk about something I, I forgot to bring up, uh, this week, which is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Arrow. Um, but good episodes from uh, <laughs> on all accounts. Uh, unfortunately, we just don't have the time to talk about them this week, and uh, we'll get on that next week for sure. Uh, so for Cody Kelly and Glenn Beauvais I'm Anthony Lewis, and we will see you next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Hey, Aaron, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's that? Uh, Who would you say is your favorite DC female superhero who also happens to have an invisible jet? Wow. Uh, Well, she would definitely have to be from the Amazon, and I would want her to be the leader of the Amazon. So if you were, she would be an Amazon Prime. So I would have to say Wonder Woman would be my favorite. Amazon Prime, Aaron. That's amazing that you just happened to drop that reference. It's that's incredible, uh, because Cinema Geekly has has sold out to Amazon. As a matter of fact, what you say? Yeah, that's true. Amazon Prime, we love it. In fact, I believe you also use it. I use it as well. I use it every day. And just to actually show you that we have absolutely no proof of this, however, but to show you how sincere we are about Amazon Prime, we've been using it long before Cinema Geekly started affiliating itself with Amazon. Yeah, we're old school Amazon backers. We just love it so much we that do. Uh, you know, we decided why not? Let's let's share it with the world. Let me tell you about it real quick, everybody. It's kind of like Netflix a little bit. There's uh, over 30,000 movies and television shows that you can stream on various devices like the PlayStation, Xbox, Wii, Roku, uh, TiVo, I think you can get you can basically get an Amazon Prime app on anything that comes with app capability. The fun does not stop there. If you shop Amazon, I know a lot of people do, mm-hmm. you don't just get all of the movies and the T V shows streaming for free, but you also get free two day shipping on literally a gajillion items. And wow. I don't and I don't think I am overstating that. I don't believe you are. I mean, to me, that makes it far superior to
2: Netflix, because I a, don't get free shipping with Netflix.
0: A gajillion items. Um, <laughs> if you happen to own the Amazon tablet called the Kindle, not everybody does, but some people do. And if you do have one, especially for your reading purposes, Amazon Prime also gives you the Kindle lending library, which means you can kind of go to the digital library, borrow books. You don't even have to buy them. You can borrow them, read them, send them back, and get another book. $79. But that's for the year. That's a one-time payment for the year. And if you piece that out, like Netflix, it's actually twenty dollars cheaper than Netflix. And you get free shipping. Free shipping, wow. tons of movies, tons of TV shows. Uh, it's got a lot free of this, books. Free books. It's got a lot of the same content that Netflix has, and some stuff that Netflix doesn't have. They actually have a to. lot of stuff Netflix has. Netflix uh, lost all their license to a lot of stuff, like first ESPN, uh, kid shows, uh, things like that. That Amazon Prime still has. Stargate, just throwing it out there, big Stargate (laughs) fan. Amazon Prime, they've got a sweet deal going on with us specifically right now, and you don't actually have to spend anything and you can help us out. There's a banner on top of cinemageekly.com. You click it, it takes you to where you can start a free trial for one month with Amazon Prime. If you sign up for that, Amazon sends us money. How cool is that? They send us money to help with our, our server costs and uh, bandwidth and all of that internet bullshit and it doesn't cost you anything to do the free trial you get it for a month if you love it spend 79 bucks and enjoy it for a year because I I am never not subscribing again to Amazon Prime just because it has literally been that helpful we buy a lot of stuff from Amazon and I like watching television so take money away from a giant corporation
2: right